the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. All right, we're going to get to the fantastic decision, another benefit of having the Trump presidency in the handcuffing of the EPA versus the Gestapo of the eco-Nazis, known as the EPA, able to penalize, and they're incentivized, as they keep 50% of the penalties, to go after private entities in this country under a litany of atrocities that the EPA eco-Nazis can come up with. So we pushed them back a little bit. It's going to take a man in office to make a real change. In the meantime, we're strapped with this flaccid fascist, and we will talk about this buffoon and him embarrassing us. But to give you an idea why I've railed against NATO and why I say, and will always say, the greatest foreign policy president in 100 years is Donald Trump, is because NATO is and always has been a shill. It's a front. It's a, it's a money boondoggle to the people. They tie the funding to NATO. And nobody really, and by the way, embroiled in scandal throughout the 50, 60 years, the last 50 or 60 years, but specifically after the fall of the Soviet Union, embroiled in scandal, misappropriation and the rest of it. Somehow they negotiate tying our contribution to GDP and the other countries, but they don't do it. So 2018, Trump finds out we're blowing $36 billion so that these morons can prance around with their silly helmets on and pretend to uh, do good things and ignore the fact the atrocities that their soldiers are committing all around the world. And they are. They've been brought up on charges of sex trafficking, on abuse of, of uh, citizens, and the rest of it. They're, I know they're supposed to be the good guy, but like everything else, it really doesn't work the way the sales pitch goes. So Trump becomes president, and he goes to this phony baloney meeting where 80% of the countries there are funded and backed by us. So one big scheme so they continue to use our dollar as the fiat currency of the world and the rest of it. So Trump goes up about a year and a half ago. No, about now it would be two and a half years ago. And he says this. I have been very, very direct with Secretary Stoltenberg and members of the alliance in saying that NATO members must finally contribute their fair share and meet their financial obligations. But 23 of the 28 member nations are still not paying what they should be paying and what they are supposed to be paying for their defense. This is not fair to the people and taxpayers of the United States. And many of these nations owe massive amounts of money from past years and not paying in those past years. Over the last eight years, the United States spent more on defense than all other NATO countries combined. If all NATO members had spent just 2% of their GDP... The way they were supposed to. ...on defense last year, we would have had another $119 billion 
for our collective defense and for the financing of additional NATO reserves. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that because they knew that they were going to get bailed out by the paper tiger America. They knew that the suckers in America that put in these corrupt political whores didn't really know the nuances of how much money, how many hundreds of billions we waste a year. And they knew they just had to bide their time for a flaccid fascist, a moron, who will pretty much believe anything as he sits there with a blank stare as if a bomb went off to him 20 years ago and he just can't get the bringing out of his ears. Isn't that right, dimwit diapers? At every step of this trip, we set down a marker of unity, determination, deep capabilities of the democratic nations of the world to do what need be done. Putin thought he could break the transatlantic alliance. He tried to weaken us. He expected our resolve to fracture. But he's getting exactly what he did not want. He wanted the Findalization of NATO. He got the NATOization of Finland. Oh, look at that. I think that's a quip. Would that be a quip, Squirrel? Oh, I think it's a quip. He delivered it with perfect timing, didn't he? As he staggered through, not really pronouncing a word. And ultimately, when he asks, or when he's asked, about such important things like, how long are we going to have to suffer here in America? He doesn't have an answer. But he does have somebody to blame. The audio is not working? Why isn't the audio working? Somebody get in here and fix the audio, damn it. Anyway, he goes on to blame Russia, Russia, Russia. And this is going to be the tagline that they're going with. And in the meantime, does that need to be on? Fix the buttons there, will you, honey? All right. Let me hit it one more time. Ultimately, the reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Russia not allowing grain to get out of Ukraine. Well, Ukraine actually mined their own ports. The Ukrainian government made a real good decision to put mines in, and then a storm came through. Now they don't know where the hell the mines are. They're all up, affecting numerous countries. That's um, the problem with the port system. But what Joe Biden doesn't need anyone to know, and what his constituents and his people that support this feeble fascist, what they are unaware of or clueless to, is that since Joe Biden has taken office, oil is up 103% since the Russian conflict, the Russian excuse, the oligarch war. That contributes only about 15% of that. As far as natural gas... 125% in the Biden presidency. This problem has very little to do with the failed foreign policy of the dimwit in diapers and the Democrats in total. It has all to do with the fact that these morons, these incompetent, corrupt people, have you exactly where they want you. And that is to devalue your very dollar and to erode your wealth. So you are susceptible to the lie and manipulation that they profit from. The hyper-profit lie of eco-Nazism. And that you are somehow going to shift to this phony utopia, which, by the way, always comes back to reality. They cannot stop using coal, gas, oil. Can't stop. That's what makes the world go round. Natural gas specifically is the best way to go. Nuclear. These are not the options. It is to bring you to your knees because what they understand is a society that is brought to its knees. Well, ignore the fact that you have a moron that stole the office. 
How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes. So Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. Russia defeated Ukraine, controls 80% of the country. This is so that they can profit from this. This is so the money laundering scheme of NATO can grow massively. That is the goal. And by the way, that's what started the whole damn thing. That's what started the whole damn thing. There was an argument to be made, and a rightful argument, that NATO need not exist since the fall of the Soviet Union. Of course, then we'd have to listen to the argument and the allegations, rather than demonize an entire country so that a political party, specifically the Democrat mafia, can sweep its failure and corruption into the Trojan horse of Russia, Russia, Russia. This is what it's all about. This is what it's always been about. This is a gift to this feeble fascist moron. Otherwise, everybody in the country would be chanting to impeach 46 because he deserves to be. Not only that, he doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July, this stupid son of a gun. We got on the telephone. He suggested we call the leader of, of Switzerland. Switzerland, my good, my goodness. I'm, I'm getting really anxious here about expanding NATO. Oh, Sweden. Ah, it starts with an S, dimwit. Like soggy bottom. It all starts with an S. The problem here is we have no standards. So he goes out, and we see the, the other week he's got the cue card. You sit down. You take the question. You, I mean, at what point do people stand up and say, listen, I'm sure if you want to believe you're just some dimwit rather than some bribed political whore, which I think you are, you are unfit and not capable to be in this position i'm out of here thank you all very much oh if only it were that simple if only it were that simple but he's got to get uh he's got to get the propaganda and he is really here for what just happened this weekend nato once again got a blank check and they are completely unaccountable to all of the failures and all of the corruption and all of the banking schemes and the rest of it and that explains why regardless of the stock market what are, the, what are the defense contractor stocks? Is there one under $400? Oh, it's good to be the king. The most important thing to be clear about is we have to change, I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law, and the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. So we got two things they're going to run on. Russia, Russia, Russia is why everything sucks, sucks, sucks. And keep us in office so you can kill your babies. These are the two things. And then there's always the Trump dementia. The Trump delusion. But in the meantime, I say Trump was right. I have been very, very direct with Secretary Stoltenberg and members of the alliance in saying that NATO members must finally contribute their fair share and meet their financial obligations. They only had to do it while he was in office. They only had to do it when he was in office. They outweighed and now they got exactly what they want. Some feeble moron that will go out and sell lies and promote corruption because that's what took place this weekend. And now he's off to Camp David to destroy the bathrooms there. It's disgraceful and disgusting. And I remember how it was always predicted. Always. And Trump was right. And so was everybody who criticized. And so was everybody who knew exactly and specifically what Joe Biden would do to this country. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. 
560. The answer. Hey, let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't you know, real, they just planned it. Hey, as you sit here and you listen to a day like today, when Joe Biden blames everything on Russia, you realize how Russia and Ukraine solves two problems for Joe Biden. Two problems. Number one, he had to pay off the bribery that took place as the Ukrainian government showed allegiance after being shaken down for the billion-dollar contribution by America when he was vice president, and after they hired his crack-smoking dimwit son to pretend he was knowledgeable enough to sit on an energy board of, a, of the nation's uh, natural gas company. And he also gets to use it as an excuse to cover up the $3.5 million from the Moscow mayor and the wife, and he gets to use it as an excuse for Every failure in our economy that was predicted while he was running. Before I took office, there was a lot of folks out there, a lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions. They're coming for your guns, they're coming for your jobs, and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy, and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to. Uh, that if, if I became president, Biden's elected, he will wipe out your energy industry. Another prediction that is my favorite one, I must add, is that if I got elected, gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. Everybody knew it. And he laughs and they laugh and he goes to Camp David. Fourteen trillion dollars sucked out of the market in the first six months. Fourteen trillion dollars of private sector wealth. That cannot be replaced in a decade, maybe three, wiped out because of stupid policies by a corrupt political whore, apparatchik of foreign oligarchs. That's what Joe Biden is. So he goes and swears allegiance to more foreign oligarchs in the boondoggle fraud of NATO. There is no NATO. There's us. There's our backing financially. That's how they're paying for everything. They haven't contributed. They still are not. And now they never will. And they don't have to. All they have to do is agree to uphold our financial crime called the U.S. dollar and its imaginary strength rather than the corruption and fraud of monetized debt. Teresa, Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. I was listening to your interview uh, yesterday with Blaine, and both of you were talking about how the destruction of this country would come from within, and that really stuck with me because my parents said that all the time. They told me that since I was a kid. The enemy lies within. The politicians will destroy this country, and they were exactly right. I have an interview coming up with Jerome Corsi. I have a big announcement Mm -hmm. with Jerome Corsi. Jerome Corsi... Um, graduated from Harvard. He graduated top of his class. He's a doctor. Uh, He went on to do many, many things. He's 77 years old, and he is not going to take on the lie. I mean, he is going to take on the lie head-on of this Mm -hmm. eco-agenda, which is all that we're facing right now. And he has written a new book that will be released in about six weeks. I have an exclusive. We're going to do an interview a week, and we're going to do a long-form interview where you can go on uh, Rumble and you can go on our websites here and, and Jerome Corsi's website and see it. And it's it, it to me is a game changer because sooner or later, even the, the Democrat voting moron, which is what they are, or the corrupt profiteer yeah. of the stupid, even they are, are, are aware that their predictions and their solutions are all corrupt. 
all corrupt. Every yeah. single thing. Oh, yeah. As you have Gina McCarthy, she says we. And you realize, what was Gina McCarthy? She was the head of the EPA for, for Obama. This is why this decision today of the Supreme Court, rightfully so, to put handcuffs on the EPA, and now maybe people yeah. will think about what the EPA really is. It's not incentivized to make anything better. They let everyone pollute. They want to charge those people and keep out competition. The, the EPA yeah. is a criminal organization, and it was just put in restraint. So this is all good. There's a good news today. But more and more people have to understand what the agenda of all government is, and that is to control. They will use yeah. any weapon at their, at their uh, fingertips, and they have a lot, and we're losing this battle. And the problem is we're becoming more like these countries that are subjugated to socialists and corrupt Marxists in NATO than we are America. And sooner or later, we're not going to be able to keep that funding going on. So I appreciate the call, Teresa. And it is like a conversation you had with your parents, because back then people were aware of who the who the enemy was. It wasn't a country. It was an ideology. It wasn't Russians. It was Soviets. It was Marxists. It was it was exactly that's who we have in this country. The problem is Absolutely. they've told people they're Democrats, and they're not. Thank you very much, right. Teresa. I appreciate Thanks, very much. And this is really the good news. Let's go with Pete Williams. We have the first decision today from the Supreme Court. Pete. So the first decision is a loss for the Biden administration on the question of uh, the Clean Air Act and the ability to... uh, You know, the way this is posed, a loss for the Biden administration. It's not a loss for the Biden administration. It's a loss for mindless extortion and tyranny of the EPA bureaucrats. And who is employed by the EPA? This is like every other Democrat sewer, municipality, city, county, and state. These are loyalists to the party. These are not experts. If they were, they would understand the EPA doesn't come up with solutions. It comes up with fines. Who comes up with solutions are the private companies. So the way that this is reported is even further proof that they wouldn't exist if we had a real media that exposed the EPA for the extortion mafia that it is. Combat global warming. The Supreme Court, by a 6-3 to three vote, has ruled that the Environmental Protection Agency does not have broad authority to try to set national energy policy by encouraging industries to uh, switch to cleaner sources of power generation like wind and solar. Wind and solar, the materials to make them do more damage to the earth than us pulling out abiotic oil than us pulling out the lifeblood and natural gas, than us pulling out anything organically from the planet. What goes into the making of wind and solar, not to mention the failures and fraud in it, is far more detrimental to the earth on a multitude of different scales. However, this isn't the way this is reported. You know, proof is going to come out that actually the best thing for the earth is to use the oil that is endless, not finite, but endless. Why do you think they keep making more discoveries? Why? Uh, this is a six to three ruling. The Supreme Court. Or do you believe it's dino soup? Are we going to use the term fossil fuel? Not on this show. Fossil fuel. How stupid. A hundred years you've been repeating a tagline by companies that wanted to make you think that they had some real secret. You got to be careful and you got to use it. It does. Why doesn't anybody understand? It's going to continue to be made organically by the earth itself. Not only that, we can synthetically make it. It says that Congress did not give the EPA that broad authority, that the EPA's authority is limited more to trying to restrict emissions from specific coal-burning power plants. 
Now, th- now, you know what you can't find? What does it do with all of the fines? Because if you really notice, they don't fix anything. They just extort money. Where does the money go? How many citizens realize that 50% of those fines go to the very entity called the EPA? What do they do with that money? Are they like the IRS? They go to Vegas? Whoop it up in suites? Must be. Because they're not really involved in making things better. They're just making it more expensive. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, when you uh, when you look at the information, you look at the news, you look at what's important to Americans, their, their quality of life, their worth, the value of their dollar, the working American, not the, not the elitist scumbag, the hardworking person that makes the world go round, and you realize the devastation to the wealth, and then the misappropriation and how they get away with these lies, one after the next after the next. It becomes infuriating. It's very, very frustrating to watch what we're doing in foreign policy. $60 billion to Ukraine. $60 billion. Where's the rest of NATO? Where's my $60 billion? What's the government look like? Any accountability at all? Anything? And by the way, aren't these the accusations that started the whole conflict? I mean, what was the big fear? What was the big hubbub about? It was that Ukraine was being used as a Trojan horse for the West. And that the border border of Russia, was going to be not just militarized, but also the experiment of the biolabs. All of that was the accusation. And as I listen to this dimwit, Soggy Bottom Biden, describe what he views as a success, you realize rootin' tootin' Putin and his tiny giraffe and his oligarch, God knows how much money, was exactly correct. Think about this. That's what he thought. Now NATO and Sweden are closer than ever to joining, and this will occur. We're, we're more united than ever. And with the addition of Finland and Sweden, we'll be stronger than ever. They have serious militaries, both of them. We're going to increase the NATO border by 800 miles along the Finnish-Russian border. Sweden is all in. I wonder if that border is going to be secure. I'll bet you it's a lot more secure than ours. Of course, Russia's not going to have a fentanyl problem. That won't happen. Not there. But here in America, what about our border? What about what's on the other side of our border? What's going on? What about what's going on? What about the destruction to our economy that that's causing? Anything? You with the soggy socks. Anything? You stupid son of a dog. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, well, first, let me uh, just mention uh, something that we all know, and the people that have been paying attention realize how this um, uh, John Rob- the Roberts and everything, He's been nothing but a snake the whole time. The way that guy operates his thing. But here's my problem. What I my question? Kavanaugh, who who with the Obamacare and now with this uh, border and everything, is uh, is he a half a snake? Is he basically a kind of like a, it, what is his problem? Because I don't see how Kavanaugh is on board with basically uh, with us with. Uh, you know, and here's the when, thing I want from a judge. I'm not like anybody else. I don't really want a judge to be party affiliated. I don't. I don't like the whole idea that judges are, are, are sycophants to a political party. I want all judges appointed by anybody to be loyal to the principles of Americanism. That's it. That's all I want. Because if they were, 
All of these policies that are bankrupting us, all of these nine hotspot, hot conflicts right now, none of it would be permittable. None of it. See, that's what the beauty of Americanism and the structure of our country is. This kind of failure and corruption of politics, both Republicans and Democrats, but we all know who the real perpetrator is. This is unconstitutional. This $60 billion, unfortunately, fast-tracked through Congress, none of whom read the damn bill. No oversight? This is outrageous to me. And not only that, we're not talking about the, the mayhem. We don't even know. What's going on in Syria? What's going on in Somalia? What is going on? How many? How, what's the budget of the CIA? What are they doing? What have they done? These are things I want to revisit. These are things that Trump wanted to talk about. And that's why he had to get it squeezed out of there. Yes. Yeah. You're exactly right. Your your uh, outlook on how it should be. See, I, I, I get uh, kind of like sidetracked in my thinking because I'm going by like how these uh, leftists have destroyed everything, including that Supreme Court. And so that we almost have to take and operate, uh, you know, improperly just to take and uh, to, to ward them off. They're just they're, because they're so rotten and, uh, you know, yeah. they, don't, they don't care about America. This is about this is about protecting the lie of the American dollar as the world currency, correct? That's what it's about. That's what it's always been about. And that's also why this never happened when Trump was in office. Never happened. None of it. By the way, the civil war between the Ukrainian oligarch-run corrupt government and the Ukrainian people had been raging since 2014. Why didn't it happen when Trump was in office? Number two. You don't like I said, excuse me, number two, I said the following. And I said this loud and clear to everybody. And in fact, Rob Portman backed me up. And there's nobody more honorable than Rob Portman of Ohio. Because he called up, please let the money go. I said, Rob, I hate being the country that's always giving money. When Ukraine helps Europe and the European countries far more than they help us. They're like a wall between Russia and Europe. They're like a wall. They're a big, wide, beautiful wall. And he said, you know what, but it's important. And it, he, t- in fact, he came out and he said that. That was my only reason. Because I don't like being the sucker country. We were the sucker country for years and years. We're not the sucker country anymore. But I gave the money because Rob Portman and others called me and asked. But I don't like to be the sucker. And European countries are helped far more than we are. And those countries should pay more to help Ukraine. Well, we're the sucker again. We are the sucker again. And Ukraine did exactly what it was supposed to to do. It bribed Joe Biden. It it bent to its knees, even under the suspicion of what Joe Biden had been during the Civil War. Corrupt, pay-to-play scum. Instead, he won. Convincing that, that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... Uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take Yatsenyuk. action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. And there you go. 
Yatsenyuk. Anybody know where Yatsenyuk is? Boy, that's a fun name. Yatsenyuk. And you know what's hard to find? It's hard to find in 2015 when the American Congress passed a bill that the Azov Battalion, the Nazis of Ukraine, were not to get our money or our weapons. They're the good Nazis now. That's been repainted. But one thing's for certain. When Poroshenko, the former president, came out and admitted that the Minsk peace accords was always a front, put forward to buy time for NATO to train Ukrainian forces to defeat the Russians in the Donbass, that means that Ukraine has sold its soul to NATO, and this is a NATO war. And I think there's a lot of Ukrainians saying, this is not what we wanted. This is not what we were told was happening. The Russians apparently are right that NATO was using Ukraine. I think you're seeing the Ukrainian government losing support of those Ukrainians. But the war profiteers are raking it in because regardless of the market, those stocks, those sales, those kickbacks, they've never been better. The point is we're meeting the goals I set out when we first, the first G7 meeting. That's to corrupt the entire system, you political whore. Bad news is he's not even going to remember it by tonight. He's got that downer's dementia. 312. 642-5600. 642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. I'll tell you what, if you just put lipstick on a pig, the American people will buy it. Just sell virtually any scheme. They never ask whatever happened to the money. Where's the money? What's the result? Who got rich? And why do we do it? There are rules in this country about this kind of thing. How, how in the world could they have this type of power where the American people just have to sit there and nod? We don't get to say, you're going to send 100,000 U.S. troops to Ukraine. For what? For what? I mean, we already sent billions upon billions. Look at the headlines from the beginning of the Vietnam conflict. By the way, that went on for 20 years, too. It was France. We didn't get involved until the 60s. But they lied about when in the 60s. It's one more government lie. Only this one starts with 100,000 troops. Man, oh, man. It's always the Democrats, too. John, Chicago. Hi, Sean. Uh, great show, as always. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I was wondering, right before Russia invaded and uh, Ukraine, and they were building up on the on the frontier, uh Somebody asked Biden about what we would do if Russia if Russia invaded, and Biden said something to the effect, or uh, I don't recall exactly, but we'll never go uh, in for a small no, incursion. That, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Why Why isn't that played every time uh, your president? Uh, <laughs> says, He's not my president, baby. I got an impeach 46 shirt on. I don't acknowledge this son of a dog. I revoke my consent to be governed by this mafia figure. I will not. This guy is open and notoriously bribed from China, from Ukraine, and from very specific entities within Russia, ironically enough. And that's who's making money. I want you to think about this, John. Who are the three countries that have made a fortune in here? Russia, the ruble has never been stronger, arguably the strongest currency in the world right now. The money they've been making since the beginning of this conflict, we can't even imagine. So Russia's getting richer. Ukraine gets billions of dollars and nobody knows where the money's gone. Ukraine has been embroiled in a civil war with its own people for eight years. The oligarchs are gone. The money's in Cyprus and nobody gives a rip. They're not even asking where the money goes. And look at China. Now backdooring support with Russia. 
colluding against the petrodollar and getting oil at sixty to fifty to sixty dollars cheaper than the world market. So China, Ukraine, and Russia, all those countries that bribed Joe Biden specifically for the last twenty years, but arguably for the last fifty, and they're getting what the pay payment was for. It's unbelievable. And the American people are drowning in the quagmire of feudalnomics through the Biden corruption scheme. And they're just saying, what can you do? We're going to have to tough it out. You know why? Because Democrats are morons, John. Look at how they live in the sewers that they control. Pick one. New York, New Jersey, Chicago, California. Just pick it, John. You get used to it. You know you're an older man. You lived in that sewer of corruption. You listen to all the nonsense. Oh, the dailies are really Republicans. No, they're not. They're really fat Irish mafia members who are short in the trousers. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate the call. And how about New York? Did you hear what that dimwit, a former Republican, anybody hear what she said? You have the numbers to show that it's the concealed carry permit holders that are committing crimes because the lawful gun owner will say that you're attacking the wrong person. It's really people that are getting these guns illegally that are causing the violence, not the people going and getting the permit legally. And that's the basis for the whole Supreme Court argument. Do you have the numbers? I don't need to have numbers. I don't need, I don't have to have a data point to point to to say that this is going to make a lot. You're nothing, honey. You're just a fracking governor, a two-bit politician. You don't need the numbers because you don't want to solve the problem, because you don't represent honest people. Where do you really, who do you really represent? The gang-banging, drug-dealing scum. Why? Because now you're a Democrat in control of a Democrat sewer. You know how to solve the problem, toots. It isn't gun laws or licenses. It's penalty for crime, you moron. But those are your constituents. Those welfare roaches, those are your constituents and the profiteers of the stupid, known as the slip and fall scumbag Democrat lawyers. Tommy G. Valparaiso. Hey, Sean, I'm in Florida today. I could probably, you're in Chicago, I see drinking LaCroix, but things are good down here in Florida, but I want to talk about. I'll be there next uh, week. End of the month. All right. Good. I wish I could have caught up with you. Uh, Down in Marco Island, things look good down here, but the markets don't look good. End of the month, end of the quarter, stock market. Crypto, the whole deal, not that involved in that crypto. It's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And uh, some of those Ponzi scheme boys got busted today. CFTC throwing down the hammer on big-time Ponzi schemes and crypto. And one company uh, lost 99% of its value and was sold for a penny on the dollar. What do you think of all that? I want to buy it at a penny on a dollar. But here's the thing. Crypto was always the biggest threat. In, uh, philosophically, I love the idea of crypto. I really do. Because I don't like the idea that we're backing this monetized debt scheme of corruption of Keynesianism called the U.S. dollar. So I love it philosophically, but I knew how it would end. They cannot have the competition. We've launched wars. We're in wars to protect the lie of the U.S. dollar. You don't think they could let the SEC go and, hey, shut it down, boys? Because after all, the biggest fear of a corrupt government is a free man with his own ideas and his own concept of property rights. So philosophically, I'm all for cyber currencies, but I know what the government's going to do. They don't like competition. We've killed, what, millions of people? in the name of protecting the lie of the dollar. So I understand I wouldn't get involved in it. I was involved in it. I, I saw the regulations coming. I've been out of it for two years. Ironically, my daughter's tuition was due, and it just happened to be about a half year of the tuition, so I sold my one Bitcoin um, that I bought an argument for Dan, with Dan Prof, which was a great argument to have with him. But anyway, my point is I understand who the biggest, the biggest problem is competition to the dollar. Now we have a choice to make. 
we can either recognize it, speak up against it, and demand change from within, or we can try to change it the way they bastardized it by electing people who had a principal understanding of what currency is supposed to be and why the dollar is supposed to be the one of integrity, even though it has none, and put it back in. Now, can we do that? Do we have the will to do it? I don't think so. I think as you look around these these states, in particular Illinois, which was once a great state, and you look at the welfare morons, and you look at the, the scandals and the nightly news, and you see the profiteers of the morons, I hope we can straighten it out. But do you think so? You're in the markets, Tommy G. Well, I, I know this. I uh, I think this one's real. Unlike 08, there's still a lot of cash in the system. Yeah. A ton of cash in the system. Of course, the government gave it to us, yeah. as you know. Tommy, I went long. I think houses it houses in blue states are going sellers and houses in red states are going bid, my friend. That's called the, Florida. That's called society separating. It always happens when a socialist corrupt scumbag is in office. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson, and this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty without me. I said, this looks like As you know, I interviewed Dr. Jerome Corsi a little more than a week ago, and I have been a fan of Dr. Jerome Corsi for a number of years. The reason I'm a fan of him is that he is an accomplished renaissance man of knowledge. He really is. And I say that not often. This is a man who... Uh, did everything he wanted to do with his intellect and continues to put up a fight for truth in the face of some terrible lies that have destroyed our society, taken trillions of dollars out of our economy. And we need him desperately. That's why I'm very excited that he is going to continue to produce works and he is going to continue to take on the great lie. His name is Dr. Jerome Corsi. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Jerome Corsi. How are you? I'm great, Sean. Great pleasure to be back with you. Thank you. You know what I love about this is that um, you inspire me as somebody who never gives up in the face of all kinds of attacks, in the face of, I mean, you've, you've become an expert in investing. You, be, you graduated from Harvard. You could have rest on that alone and had a nice, cushy life, but you continue to take on what you know to be falsehoods. And it's really not just for yourself. You could have retired years ago. But it's for generations yet born. And as I look at what is happening politically, how information has been weaponized to mislead entire societies, that's why I appreciate so much what you're doing. And you're continuing to do it when most people would go down to Florida like I do and walk on the beach. Well, I do have a passion for telling the truth and getting the truth out. And I am now at a point in my career where I'm going to retire from active politics as day-to-day fighting in the, you know, in the, in the ring with all the others and political issues. But I'm going to go to a higher level and, and write books and uh, do more in terms of reflective writing, uh, hopefully that will have a long life, possibly beyond my own, in order to get the truth of these issues out. My current book on global warming, you know, the truth about I started with the truth about, that's how the book starts, the mm-hmm. truth about 
energy, global warming, and climate change, um, the subtitle, in, in an era of disinformation, which is what we're living in. But I think this book is about the truth, and I do intend to do everything I can to argue these points and get people to understand that the whole hysteria over uh, carbon dioxide, which you know what, did not use fossil fuels, is not founded in uh, legitimate science. You know, this is, uh, if you look at it from the opposite side, if you look at it from the side of the profiteer of fear, if you look at it from the side of the totalitarian despots, this is the perfect weapon to use against a society. Because for decades, for generations, society has been repeating a lie. And now it is ingrained in the base knowledge of how human beings think of energy. So they've already built this diabolical prison, intellectual prison of misinformation, with the original building block of the lie of a, of a finite fossil fuel, which is a joke, is it not? It is. I mean, the, uh, the whole idea that oil or natural gas, hydrocarbon fuels are decaying uh, organic material, dinosaurs, as they say, although they're happy to have any kind of dying organic material produce hydrocarbons, it it is not factually based in science. No dead tissue decomposes into a higher form of energy. violates the second law of thermodynamics. Basically, the reason we bury dead people is because they deteriorate, they decompose, and they smell bad. And it happens with every living thing. It decomposes. I used to say I had a cat when I was a kid, and I buried the cat in the backyard. The cat got run over by a car, and when I dug it up a few years later, there was no oil. <laughs> a few bones, that's about it. Yes, and they, uh, they, they continue to spin this web of deceit in the face of being proven wrong day in and day out. They have been making these, these um, chicken little hyper scare tactics for at least 70 years, and for 70 years, the predictions of what I call eco-Nazis, the predictions have been absolutely wrong. And the beauty is, if you look at it without the politicization of it, if you look at it in just the results, it is undeniable that oil as we know it, energy, natural gas, methane gas, none of it is finite. Is that correct? That's right. Now, what I've done in this book, you know, the truth about energy and global warming, climate change. It's, you can look it up on Amazon and all the other sites. It'll be in the bookstore soon. Um, this, I started out going through the history of how all this nonsense developed going back to World War II, the end of World War II. I trace it back to the Malthusians, who at that period of time were arguing essentially that we had too many people and our resources on the planet were finite. We were going to run out. Now, that morphed over periods of time, over the 50s and 60s. Uh, you had uh, John Holdren joined together with, he became the science czar for President Obama. He joined with the Ehrlichs who were writing the population bomb. And he began saying, well, the real problem is that we're going to um, cause global, they were worried then about global cooling. We're going we're to destroy the planet because of how we're, exploiting the natural resources of the planet. And they finally decided it was going to be global warming because, in fact, the Earth wasn't at that point cooling. 
the Earth goes through cycles, but the point is they latched on to global warming and said, if we don't stop using hydrocarbon fuels, we're all going to die. So a whole indoctrinated generation in schools now believe that their future is going to be destroyed because the planet is going to burn up in heat created by burning hydrocarbon fuels. And the first section of the book goes through all of this, these writings, and I show Julian Simon, who was a brilliant natural resource economist, who argued that you know this hoax about running out of oil or coal has been going on since the Industrial Revolution. The 1850s, they were worried about this in Great Britain. We're going to run out of coal. It's never happened. Now, the book, two-thirds of the book, goes into the science. And I look at the Fischer-Tropsch equations, which were developed by the German chemists in the 20s and 30s. Germany had lots of coal, but it did not have oil. And they were trying to decide how to create oil or hydrocarbon fuels for for cars, for airplanes, for anything that ran hydrocarbon fuels out of coal. And the equations, which I went to the National Archives and dug out, they were on microfilm, because after World War II, the United States military got a hold of all the German science we could get a hold of, including the Fischer-Tropsch equations. And those equations show how oil is synthesized in natural processes within the Earth, the mantle of the Earth. And I show in this book the chemical equations. And I show the various books written after World War II by chemists who legitimately understood that the Fischer-Tropsch equations explains how oil and hydrocarbons are produced in the mantle of the Earth under this pressure and temperature conditions by a catalytic process in which the hydrogen and carbon atoms are joined and form various hydrocarbon molecules. I show the equations. I discuss the literature. And does this come from the 310,000 pages that um, I believe it's the University of New Mexico, right, has had since World War II? They've had them at the University of New Mexico. They also have in the National Archives. I had to search and find the microfilm roll in which these papers were stored away. And I copied, copied the whole file and studied them and it was absolutely apparent, clear to me, that these German chemists in the 20s and 30s had figured out how oil was made. Uh, it's not a organic, it's another fundamental disconnect. We say organic chemistry, which is, you know, live chemicals, carbons, hydrocarbons. Well, in oil, that's all under organic chemistry. Well, it's just all chemicals. There's not living chemicals and dead chemicals. It's not that oil comes from a living chemical, namely a hydrocarbon or a carbon that was in a living tissue. It's the fact that there's plenty of carbon, including in the mantle of the earth. It doesn't have to be, the earth doesn't care whether it was living or not living. It's just carbon. Exactly. When it's produced with, you know, the hydrogen and a catalyst under these temperature conditions and temperature pressure conditions of oil various hydrocarbon chains will form. And there's a whole list of them. I went through all of this to explain to people that oil is constantly being produced by the Earth on an ongoing basis, and uh, it's, it's 
almost inexhaustible. You know, the earth itself is exhaustible, but within terms of what human beings could utilize, we'll be running our batteries on our cars on nuclear batteries before we ever run out of hydrocarbon fuels. And this also takes on the point that um, for my lifetime and for most of yours, politicians, in conjunction with corrupt oil companies, have been spewing the lie that this is a finite product in order to make massive, massive profits and keep their exclusivity. The reality is in 2012, we had a fine that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, but at the time it was game-changing. And that was that we have oceans and oceans of oils that they discovered under the northwest region of our nation. However, the reality is every single state has it. It also explains why Germany was able to launch an offensive war with machinery that really wasn't fuel efficient. And it explains why our our uh, strategy in winning that war was to target the 87 factories where they were making a synthetic oil. Is that not true? You know, the, it was a strategic bombing study done at the end of World War II. And what it determined was that bombing cities really just made the people angry. It really did not in any way deter the Germans' ability to fight the war or the Japanese in World War II. What uh, was effective for both defeating Japan and defeating Germany was to bomb the oil and various chemical plants. Because at the end of World War II, Germany had the equipment, the tanks, to launch the Battle of the Bulge. But they ran out of diesel fuel. They ran out of basically hydrocarbons to run the tanks. And that's what stalled them and basically defeated the Germans at the end of the war. Germany ran out of fuel, and they ran out of chemicals that were needed to produce various processes that were involved in munitions. And that's the bombing that was effective. Now, the point of all of this is that, as I show in this book, the truth about all of this, the energy and global warming, is that this whole current movement to reimagine capitalism has captured the green movement and has turned into a end capitalism crusade on the sustainability and these other themes. And so from there, what the book does is it then goes into the science of energy, global warming, and climate change. And I'm showing you how fundamental processes of physics explain, starting with the sun, explain a lot of how the weather occurs on the Earth. But I also then show that there's cataclysmic change. You know, the mountains didn't rise because the planet has been in a steady state. People don't realize that pre-Cambrian periods of Earth's history is uh, about 80% of Earth's history. Mm -hmm. There were virtually no living things on the surface of the Earth for 80% of our time as a planet. We go back 4.65 billion years, and most of that's unknown. To assume that the Earth... 4.65 billion years ago was like it is today is not appropriate because it isn't. And I show how the Earth changes have been dramatic, including theories that, you know, the left likes to say, well, this is settled science. This is everybody has a consensus on science. Well, that's not the case. Science is never settled, except ideologically. What the left means is they've made up their minds that, 
it's going to be dangerous to burn hydrocarbon fuels. And so everybody has to agree with that. That's the scientific consensus they're talking about. It's ideological. Mm -hmm. And what's not scientific. What I view it as is a weaponized hypothesis used as a control baton to beat down any kind of threat to the lie that continues to be proven a lie by the uh, the wrong predictions in the crazy, crazy idea that we are going to be drowned by oceans, ice caps are going to melt away, and that somehow if I drive my car less, I'm helping at the same time governments are weaponizing countries to blow up other countries. I, I, I That stupidity alone is something that I think people have to be curious about. And I'm hoping that your book is enough to do it because the reality is governments have a, uh, a goal in control. And that goal is used by spreading this hyper lie to have the people in fear because what history has shown is once people are afraid, they'll pretty much give up every right, every liberty, every dollar, as long as they can uh, be made to feel safe by a government that can never deliver safety. Well, this is the third book I've written on the subjects of energy and global warming, climate change. I wrote a book called Black Gold Stranglehold in 2006, which I really introduced the idea that um, hydrocarbon fuels are not fossil fuels. They're not from dinosaurs or organic tissue or microbes or anything else. And um, that book did extremely well. But this book has got really, I went deeply into the science. Now, I'll make the science readable, understandable. You can understand it. I love this. Because what you're doing is proving with actual truth and fact that this is a lie. And that is the greatest threat to a lie, is the truth. And that's why I love the book. And we got to save a little something for next week. And by the way, next week, we're going to do this via Skype. So they'll be able to log on to Rumble. And we're going to have it on the website. And you could see um, yours and my face which I think is a big seller. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think you're a very handsome man. Me, on the other hand, I'm like a shorter George Hamilton. So I think it's going to be a big seller. And I want to thank you very much for what you're doing because I have daughters, but I don't have grandkids. I want them to have the opportunity, the freedom, and the liberty that our generations have given away. And it's going to be through books like you, like the, this book, and it's going to be through authors like you who never back down and always take on the lies. Thank you so much, Dr. Jerome Corsi, for joining me. I truly, truly appreciate you. Sean, my great pleasure. I look forward to the future programs. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, it's easy to repeat talking points of the mob. It's easy to just continue to regurgitate talking points. It's difficult to go against the mob. The mob is wrong. The mob has always been wrong. When you think about how we are in the positions of failure in our government, in our society, because we continue to repeat rather than think. One of my favorite ways to debunk eco-Nazis and the hyper-lies of predictions of mayhem and doom and seas are rising, things are collapsing. Every 
politician of wealth. All live on the ocean. Every single one of them. Barack Obama went from a bust out, 500 credit rating. What's he worth now? Hundreds of millions, 700 million, almost a billion dollars. He owns two oceanfront properties, one in Hawaii and one in Martha's Vineyard. This dimwit in diapers right now, he doesn't know it. He may be at Camp David, but where's his house? The one that was the the, uh, DuPont mansion, right on the ocean. How many other Marxist mafia predictors of mayhem? Seas are rising. Al Gore himself, how many seaside estates does he have? It's a a lot. It's a bald-faced lie. Every state, every state has enough energy to sustain its citizens for a thousand years. A thousand years. Yet they want you to believe, no, 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 don't take it out. Why? Because it is a control mechanism. And not only that, hasn't he been proven right, his theories? Just in the Northwest Corridor in 2012, they discover oceans and oceans of oil to sustain America for a thousand years. Why won't government let us take it out? Because government is the one winning right now. Government is the one who has the upper hand. Good news is, I think today was a big day. EPA was put in the corner with a dunce cap on. Now, if we have the courage to move forward, or are we going to be like Illinois and Chicago Democrats, just willful, ignorant slaves? Mary Ellen, Chicago. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Good, Mary Ellen. How are you? Great. I just want to say thank you for this. I, I love Jerome Croce. He's been a fan of mine since, I think it was 2008 or nine. When Obama got into office, or right before, I remember clearly seeing this video that he um, had where he assembled a group of uh, forensic uh, document expert witness, you know, they examined the documents, Uh and they showed the birth certificate, and with, like, Zoom, where you could see each category on the form and how they were altered and whatnot. He's he he's a controversial guy. Since yeah. you know, do you know he graduated Harvard in 1972, but he wrote his first book in 1969. He's written over 30 books. He uh, spent 25 years in finance and did very very well. Could have retired, never had to do a thing since then. But he constantly pushes himself and he constantly challenges. Um, it's these would-be tyrants who keep invoking science. You know, in this book that he's written, this one he's going to release, he has over a 1,000 footnotes. I remember when global warming was coming out and they were using it as a baton against freedom, and it was uh, John Coleman who organized a pushback against the the lie of of global warming. At that time, that's what they called it. And he had over 19,000 scientists. But government doesn't like that kind of pushback. It likes cooperation and corruption that it can pay for. I think this book is is game-changing. I think the concept is something that we need to explore. Even if you don't agree with it, do you not want to prove it wrong? The way we have proven and and history has proven the lies of, of, of global warming, the religion of, of global warming and the eco-Nazis wrong. We're living in an era that proves them wrong. And yet... John. Yes. John. Yes. Be sure that when this book is published, it can get circulated and they don't in some way try to shut it down like they do everything else. Well, I can only guarantee 10, which is what Jerome has allowed me to give away. And I'm okay. going to tell you what, Mary Ellen, you're going to get the first one. Mary Ellen gets the first book. How do you like that? Frank Arlington Heights. 
Hey, Sean, how are you? Very good. How are you? Good. A bright, shining lie. That's what global warming is. And um, it's interesting, Mr. Corsi's uh, book here, the the idea of abiotic oil, essentially. The idea that the oil is created deep in the athenosphere, which is a layer between the mantle and the crust, Uh that it basically seeps up. And, uh, you know, just thinking scientifically over a long period of time, in the the past, um, you know, the the, the heliocentric theory by Copernicus was like in the early 1500s, and that really didn't get completely asserted and and, and verified until like the 1700s, 1600s, 1700s, where people are really starting to actually completely agree with it. And here we had, had you know, Alfred Wegener, the, the idea of continental drift, we didn't know that until like the 1950s. No, we're in our so, infancy. I mean, we're in our intellectual infancy as humans. Yeah. And, you know, they still have yet. I remember when Al Gore was spewing that nonsense that the the icebergs would melt. And I, I said, well, why doesn't anybody want to talk about Archimedes' principle? It's a principle that has yet to be proven wrong. The water distribution due to weight and the rest of it has already been determined. It's why when you look at water lines for the last, what, 160 years that we've been keeping track of it, there's not a millimeter of rising. Why can't we talk about that? They don't want to talk. They need to scare scare people into this hyper fear because then you have the cult of safety. And we're witnessing two years of what the cult of safety is willing to do to its fellow man in the year 2022. And the idea that we are introducing some thought and let's have that conversation and the fear, what do they do? They don't want to talk about what you just did. They don't, they can't understand it anyway. They want to attack Jerome Corsi. And they want to attack individuals rather than argue the principles. And they have yet to explain why every prediction they've made has been wrong, Frank. This is why I love this show. Because a guy like you comes on and you've given principles that people have never heard. Because you've put thought into well, it's like, it. It's like, Sean, you know, I mean, there is as much, I remember learning this in college, there is as much energy potential in the oil sands of Alberta, Canada, as there is in all of the Middle East combined. And there is, I think, twice the energy potential and all the shales that we have here, like in Colorado and Utah, of all the Middle East combined. The technology may not be there to completely exploit it at a commercial level, Uh but, I mean, we know that those resources are there. There's an interesting technology called steam-assisted gravity drainage, which very cleanly takes that uh, oil sands um, type of uh, resource. What they do is they drill two pipes underneath it, first vertically, then horizontally, and then they pipe uh, hot steam water yes. underneath the oil sands, which are a, uh, you know, like a bulky type of um, uh, hydrocarbon. Uh-huh. And then that melts it, and it drips it in the other pipe, and they pipe it up. And, and you can really take all that stuff very cleanly, very efficiently, and you can power. That's the thing. Energy is the most important resource, because if you don't and have I- other... You don't have energy, you don't have anything else. You don't have anything else. And I love that he points out and explores the Nazi synthetic creation of oil itself and gas. And I love how nobody wants to talk about that conversation rather than point to the fact, how did this small landlocked country produce so much oil that it could have the offense of World War II in the beginning? You know, this is something that needs to be discussed in the 310,000 pages that we have in this country, the University of New Mexico. Why doesn't anybody want to talk about it except this particular author, and a small group of people because it is a threat to the fraud, the control, and the monopoly corporatists, big oil, and government has on energy. And if people started to think about it, wait a minute, we're being robbed every minute of every day, and this could be solved by simply looking at some 
different interpretation of exactly what it is. I think this is the beginning, and I think this is a good time to have it, because one thing's for sure, and everybody recognizes this, even morons who still think there's such a thing as a Kennedy Democrat. This particular administration is pathological in its deception. And in the silver lining is people are going to think more and harder after Joe Biden puts us in a depression. What do you think, Frank? Well, it's obvious that he's working directly against the American people, and, and he's doing it deliberately. It's obvious. Frank, you made oh, my night. People, people because, see that. Have a good day, Sean. No, Take you care. made my night because somebody like you listens to my show. It's flattering beyond, uh, beyond words. Thank you very much, Frank. I truly appreciate it. Alex, in Carol's stream, follow that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> pretty tough to follow but hey i'm i'm old enough to remember in in 1980 i believe it was when time magazine had a had a, a headline that said you know we're going into the you know uh, the new ice age i believe is what they said you're and older was, than you wanna because i believe that was 1976 and that's when and that might be yeah they predicted yeah. the hole in the ozone layer stop using your aerosol deodorant everybody right. buy moon boots right. that's what you're talking right. about alex and well, then they had the lie why aren't we getting cold exactly. oh cuz we're warming just like they're lying right. now and the oceans are soaking up the problem rather than contributing water vapor alex right. we, we are was, right it was all the it was all to control everything. You don't notice how you notice how they changed all the air conditioners to all this different refrigerant now. Why, if if it's really if it's really uh, warming, then why don't we go back to the chlorophyll fluorocarbons? Exactly. Why don't we go back to that? Because they're, they're not they invested in this. This is about steering and yeah. front-running policy yeah. so that a very corrupt I, few make trillions of dollars. Alex, yeah. I went long. Don't get mad at me. I got to hang up on you. I love you. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Do not give up the premise of the argument. Eco-Nazism is built upon lies, pathological fraud. That people just regurgitate. Because men have forgotten how to have the argument. I won't. And uh, there's almost more scientific consensus on the other side. Where 19,000 scientists signed a petition against the Kyoto Protocol. Where 400 plus scientists spoke out as skeptics on global warming in 2007. Where uh, at least four dozen TV meteorologists have spoken out against global warming. Uh, this is, there's, there's no consensus. And to try to shut off the bait, debate is a, a political strategy. One of the great things about science is the debate that takes place. I will not be intimidated by these freaks. I will not be intimidated by these pathological profiteers of lies and deceit called Democrat mafia politicians. I will not back down. I will not give up the premise. They are wrong. They are lying. They are fascists. And we just had a big win, big win in the Supreme Court. And the debate should never be shut off. It's my understanding that at Valley, uh, in November of 2007, at the conference there, that quite a number of scientists who went there in order to to, uh, engage in debate there were not allowed to have uh, any kind of forum there. Uh, There were 100 scientists who wrote a letter of complaint at the meeting. Uh, That was one group that spoke up. There are men out there that will not sell their soul to this mafia for a check. 
There are people out there that understand what exactly we're debating. We're debating about freedom and tyranny of the most corrupt people on the planet, the government. Oh, who agrees with us? The socialists in Eastern Europe? No kidding. They like abusing their citizens. Here, these idiots work for us. And I say it's time to fire every single one of these swindlers. Robert Lyle. Hey, hi. Hi. Hey, Sean. I like your program, and I called in. I talked to your screener. I'm an author of a book called Science, Nature, Man, and God. It's called The Book of Kings. It took me 30 years to write it. It's a book about historical origins. I'm a historian of historical origins. It, the book is only 140 pages long, but I will tell you what happened is that man usurped God and basically made science his God. But science cannot be his God because God created the world miraculously, and man does not have all the tools. All right, Robert, to I, will t- I will tell you this. I will take oh, a no. look. At, I will take a look at it. But I don't want to make this argument about God. This isn't about God. They're misusing information. And they're wrong. I don't know where God comes in the whole thing. I really don't. I'm not a religious person. I'm not going to use God as a shield. I'm going to beat them at their own game. They're wrong about every prediction. They're wrong about misusing science as a baton. We can beat them on every level, especially when it comes to their lies about fascism, control, and above all, murder. I will say on a policy response we, should, we need to be working on repealing the Hyde Amendment in Congress right now. Um, I am proud to say that we have successfully started to take the steps to repeal the Hyde Amendment. And with the Hyde Amendment, repealing the Hyde Amendment will allow the federal government to uh, invest in access to reproductive care. No, that's a liar. What the Hyde Amendment does is prevent whores like this from using my money, mine Somebody who believes that what you're doing with it is murdering life. That's what the Hyde Amendment stopped. Not invest. You don't invest in murder. You pay for assassinations. See, we can beat them. We don't have to invoke religion. I'm not going to hide behind anything. These are liars, cheats, and thieves. That's what we're up against. And above all, they're stupid like AOC or corrupt and dumb. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war. As long as it takes. As long as this old wrinkled-ass con artist is in office. Let's impeach this rat. Let's do it after the 4th of July. Can you think of a better time? I can't. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little... There are certain things in a country that's built on the Enlightenment that are not subjected to which political party is in power. Those certain things are called unalienable rights. I really don't give a rip what Democrats think about unalienable rights. They are sworn to uphold the principles of those rights. Yet every time a Democrat mafia is in control, those unalienable rights are undermined. 
mainly because they're totalitarian despots, in my opinion. But we want to bring on a guest, Stephen Hallbrook, who's written a new book, The Right to Bear Arms, a a constitutional right of the privileged of the ruling class. Stephen, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hey, Sean. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really tired of going through this, and I say this as a Chicagoan. I've realized that we don't have a Democrat party. We have a political mafia. Yet they're constantly undermining the very rights they're sworn to uphold. You are an attorney who believes that law is the shield of the citizen. How has this become the weapon of the tyrant? Well, it depends on who's in power. Should it? um, Well, of course not. We have a constitution. We have a bill of rights, and you're you're supposed to go by the rules. People don't always do that. We've got uh, attempts to nullify the Supreme Court ruling in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin case. It it got announced, and and we had, uh, uh, of course, the, the court held that you can't arbitrarily deny gun carry permits to people just based on your the, the government's subjective um, preferences for whether they have a need to defend themselves. And basically everybody gets an equal chance at, at getting the permit. And I noticed your mayor Lightfoot uh, denounced the Supreme court basically uh, using the really foul language. Yeah. Uh, the state of New York where this case came out of the governor of New York basically says, we're going to go the path of the empire strikes back. We should say the empire strikes back. Yeah. Um, and it, it, every time there's a good Supreme court case on the right to bear arms, you have the attempt to nullify it in like massive resistance. Stephen, what, um, what atrocity does a politician have to commit as you, as you commented correctly. So on these two clear Marxist politicians, I mean, how much more open do they have to, B, as a a subversive to the very principles they swore to uphold for the people to have the right to strip them from office. And I mean this because I don't know if you heard what the governor said today. Have you heard this? I want want you to listen to this. You have the numbers to show that it's the concealed carry permit holders that are committing crimes because the lawful gun owner will say that you're attacking the wrong person. It's really people that are getting these guns illegally that are causing the violence, not the people going and getting the permit legally. And that's the basis for the whole Supreme Court argument. Do you have the numbers? I don't need to have numbers. I don't need, I don't have to have a data point to point to to say that this is going to make, all I know is I have a responsibility to the people of this state to have sensible gun safety laws. And this one was not devised by the Hochul administration. It comes out of an administration from 1908. In our- now, Stephen, you're a senior fellow at the Independent Institute. You're an author of numerous books. But above all, you're an attorney, political philosopher. University of George Mason University, Howard University, Tuskegee. I mean, is there anybody with more credentials? At what point do we recognize that these politicians have been elected to an office they have no respect for or the principles of this nation? And at what time do the people have the right to impeach, remove? She's clearly disqualified herself in the same way so many of these Chicago gangsters calling themselves Democrats have. How much of this do we have to deal with where I have to wait for an election that I have no faith in the integrity of anyway? Haven't they disqualified themselves by their very command and demand of fascism? Well, they absolutely have. Um, Think about this. The Second Amendment provides that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. 
And the New York governor is basically saying, we're going to infringe it all we want to because that's our good public policy. So uh, it boils down to these people have power. There's a struggle between freedom and slavery throughout all of history. This yeah. goes back to ancient times. You have ruling classes trying to take power. You have regular people trying to maintain their freedoms. And it goes back and forth, and it'll always be that way. I mean, we have this wonderful Supreme Court decision um, authored by Justice Clarence Thomas. We have now the attempt to nullify it. And this is going to keep going, you know, long after I'm no longer around. And it, that's the way life always is. And so it depends on who has the upper hand. I mean, we see the same issue in the Ukraine. Um, yeah. They finally wised up. The government there finally wised up and said, oh, we don't we're not so in favor of gun control after all. And they gave out rifles to 20,000 people. Uh, and before that, Z- Zelensky was against um, liberalizing the gun laws. Uh, now they've learned a lesson. They need their own Second Amendment. But that that example illustrates why you have to have a, a, a people, if they have sovereignty, they have to be armed, whether it's to prevent a domestic tyranny or to fight a foreign invader. That's the way that, that's what our founders were, had in mind when they devised the Second Amendment. Of course, they didn't want the people to be victims of tyranny. That's what it's about. That's why the commas are in that, where it says not to be infringed. There's a comma. They like to use the militia, well-regulated militia, comma, and the people uh, uh, have the right will not be infringed. This is something that is crucial, but, you know, there's something else, too, Stephen. I live in the—I'm back—I actually moved to Florida, but I have a lot of—I go back and forth every month, and I'm in the sewer of corruption in Chicago now, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to put on the news that I taped, and I'm going to watch it, and there's going to be one atrocity after the next atrocity. Not a one of those Democrat scumbags perpetrating that, the predators. Not a one of them went through their ticky-tack licensing laws. Not a one of them owned that weapon legally. Nonetheless, they're all repeat offenders. They've all been arrested 72 hours ago, and they're back on the street because the Democrat influence in our judicial system has bastardized the principles of consequences, and they get to pick and choose who has to pay those consequences. And it seems to me now that the law in this country, specifically these Democrat hellholes like Chicago and Illinois, protect predators and victimize victims. What can the people who are trapped here, who do not have the means to pick up and leave or own two houses or have the kind of lifestyle that I I afford myself to have through very hard work, what are they to do, the ones who are stranded, the good people who are victimized by political whores like the Democrat mafia? Well, there's only so much they can do, but there's things they can do that uh, basically cannot be undone. Um, they can buy as many guns as possible, for example, and, and despite the restrictions, go through the process, uh, have your firearms, train with your firearm, and and also talk to other people. You know, the, the Bill of Rights was written so citizens could understand their rights, and it's not written so the government can misconstrue it. So people should get together. They need to understand what their rights are. They need to teach their children. They need to talk to other people. And in the case of neighborhoods, they need to talk to each other. You know, in 2020, in the riots, people suddenly realized that the police can't help us. They've been told to stand down. They're overpowered. And so what do we do? They, You know what they did? They formed neighborhood associations, and they armed themselves. They stopped and see who's coming in my neighborhood. 
Um, and they they did a lot like that in these places that were torn apart by riots. And then they need to do more of that. And we have the, the Rittenhouse case uh, from Wisconsin. Um, he tried to help, and these people assaulted him, and the jury ruled that it was all self-defense, these scumbags that he shot. And, and we need more of that. Uh, we don't need more people need people needlessly shot, but we need people to stand up for their rights. If there's a riot coming, go to your store, protect it. You can yeah. legally do that. When you see what happened in Uvalde, when I see that, when I witness that, that is an absolute and total failure of government on a multitude of levels, but mainly the level of that police department. It is outrageous what they did. Their actions, I want every one of them to go to jail, and I'm dead serious about this, how they allowed that moron to stay in that room for an hour as the government that was supposed to protect both those kids and kill that killer sat there with their thumb in their ass. How in the world are we losing this argument when what these Democrats want to do is turn me, you, my kids and your kids and everybody into those kids that were held there to be slaughtered by a murderer while the government stayed there cowardly, afraid, and protected him from the parents that wanted to go in there and kill him. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, they, the cops could have shot the guy when he was outside before he even went into the school. Once he got in there, they did nothing. They claimed that the door was locked and they didn't have a key and the door wasn't even locked. They can't be locked from the inside. Uh, as you say, they, they basically restrained the parents. They they tased somebody. They handcuffed they hand, the woman. Yeah, the woman. They arrested uh, her. Yeah, and, and so um, you had one off-duty officer from, from another agency went in and got his own kids out. But, I mean, look, the, the lessons of Columbine and Parkland were clear, and that became the basic principle of law enforcement. It is after like that you go in as quickly as you can. You don't just wait around doing nothing. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, I don't know when these people learned, but but it shows you once again, and in a broader context in society, you're your own first responder. Oh. Used to be said that when the when seconds count, the cops are minutes away. But we learned from from 2020, they might not even come. You call 911, and they said, "Well, we're we're not responding now." And and so people need to learn to protect themselves. As somebody who is a constitutional attorney. When a law is created by fascists to take away one of my unalienable rights, is that law a valid law or a law that that I should ignore myself? You know, it comes down to a power struggle. Uh, At some point, uh, our Declaration of Independence talks about it when, when things become so intolerable that we can find new guards for our security and throw off the old, the chains of the old. This happened at Lexington and Concord. The the colonists finally said, we've had enough. You're not taking our guns away. The British came, and they tried to do just that, and the colonists said no, and, and they, they shot it out. Uh, we ran the Brits all the way back to Boston, and we had our revolution. So we've got principles there. I mean, we it, it can't be something from light and transient causes, um, but there there comes a time when uh, people can't, um, they, they just have can't put up with it any longer. You see what's going on with this nonsense of red flag laws, and you know that the intended person that it will be used against is somebody like me, quite frankly, because I will not go quiet into servitude. The idea that they can create something to circumvent due process and now have a preemptive action against 
formerly law-abiding citizens who played the games and forgot all the licenses, as I did. How in the world can this go unchallenged? And should it be challenged right now? Or do we have to wait for the misuse of government before we can take it to the Supreme Court? Well, to have standing to bring a challenge like that, you, unfortunately, you have to be the the subject of one of these uh, so-called emergency protective orders. So what, what goes on with these red flag laws is somebody can denounce you. They can claim that you're a danger to yourself or to others. They can get a court order seizing your firearms, getting a warrant to search your house, not even based on probable cause because you don't have to say you've committed any crime, and, and you don't even get a hearing initially. Um, later on, you, you get a hearing, your guns are already gone, and, and that part of the damage is done. And this is what we have to ask. If you're really a danger to yourself or others, we've got our old-fashioned mental commitment laws. And under those laws, they take you in, they examine you, you have counsel appointed for you. You don't get that in red flag law. There's no right to an, a, a lawyer, legal aid. And, um, you know, if they're really serious that, that you're a danger, then they need um, mental health experts to verify that. There needs to be a judge involved, and, and they can do a commitment. They can take your guns away at that point. But that's where you do have due process. You have counsel. You have a right to be heard. But with the red flag laws, what, what good does that do? They're taking your guns. If you're really a danger to somebody, you need help. If you're not, that's the problem. People denounce you for a lot of reasons, and that's where this is headed. And we've had the the, the uh, service of these warrants, and people have been killed. The police have killed people uh, going to houses unexpectedly without any notice. And uh, we're here to take your guns, and you don't even know who they are necessarily. So there's been some very unfortunate instances taking place. I like that this um, this atrocity by our government perpetrated on the lawful, uh, is called bipartisan. I realize that when George W. Bush was in office, the attack on my privacy, the attack on my individuality, on amendments, on principles of Americanism was really perpetrated by George W. Bush, and it was just uh, piled on by Barack Obama and the Democrats. Do people who believe in, in the Constitution the way I read it and the unalienable rights of the citizen and the concept of a representative republic rather than a tyranny we're comfortable with. Do we have a party anymore? <laughs> um, that, that's questionable. All, all I can say is that you keep pushing back. That's what you have to do. Um, we got wonderful um, justices on the Supreme Court who made some very good decisions recently. It doesn't always come out that way. I and mean, if you go back in history, we've had some terrible decisions. Um, uh, we have to stand together as Americans and do our best to, to fight tyranny. It doesn't always work, but you have to keep trying. You, you don't do what the other side wants you to do and give up. There are a couple of states right now that are being standout states, and they are recognizing um, the constitutionality of this particular subject, among many others. I'm curious to know, where do you live? Fairfax, Virginia. All right. And are you... Um, I remember reading a book of a Soviet professor years ago who predicted that America would break apart into a multitude of different countries because of this kind of corruption and totalitarianism of man and how they often undermine the principles of freedom. I think that's happening right now. Do you? Uh, it could well be. Um, we have the blue states and the red states, so-called, and we have these culture wars. We have those who believe in... Um, 
banning guns at any cost. We have our Beto O'Rourke people. Uh, imagine what would happen if, if what he says he wants to do, they go around and to house to house and confiscate guns. We're talking about a civil war. And, and so we'll see where this heads, but uh, hopefully it won't go to that point. And you know what, too? And I, I know I'm butchering your name because I've called you Stephen. It's actually Stephen, isn't it? Um, no, it's, oh, it's Stephen. right. Oh, yeah. Stephen? Okay, I got a typo yeah. here. So, Stephen, um, aren't we and haven't we been since the Democrat Party has become an apparatchik of collectivism? Haven't we really been in a cold civil war for the last 35 years in a hard fashion? Well, you know, it's a pendulum. It, it swings both ways, and not just in our country, in every country, in every age of humanity. Go back to ancient Greece and Rome, and you have the, the tyrants, and you have those trying to protect their freedoms. And they didn't have firearms. They had other kinds of weapons. The, the tyrants tried to disarm the, the ordinary people. Yeah. The ordinary people fought back. Sometimes one side wins, sometimes another wins. Wasn't Nazi it? tongue said political huh? power grows out of the barrel of a gun. Wasn't it Socrates who hated the democracy because they voted to kill him after teaching the kids how to think for free? I hate democracies. They vote to kill me when I try to teach freedom. Wasn't that him? Um, he, actually, Socrates was a person who Plato wrote about and Plato was more in favor of what we would call tyranny. Um, but Socrates did talk about in his trial the when the 30 tyrants took over and how they disarmed the people. And so we can see even in the literature from then yeah. the kind of um, things that go on in every age of civilization. Same problems, no underwear. Something to behold about that era. <laughs> I love the book. I love that you wrote it. I love that you are continuing to put up the fight against tyranny. Give the people where they can find it, the title of the book correctly, so I don't butcher it. Okay. Stephen Hallbrook is the name. The Right to Bear Arms, A Constitutional Right of the People or a Privilege of the Ruling Class? Question mark. Of course, it answers itself. It's a right of the people. Of course. You can get it from Amazon or anywhere you get books nowadays. They're so easy to get. Just Google my name. Stephen Hallbrook, or look at stephenhallbrook.com. Um, I have a website with my other books as well. And um, uh, there you have it. it. It it goes into a lot more detail than the Supreme Court decision that just got handed down does on the right to carry arms, the right to bear arms. Um, but it's, it's very useful. I think you'll find it very useful to see historically how this right has ebbed and flowed. And, and I, I think it's um, flowing right now, and we'll see what the pushback does. And in fact, these. you are the winner of three cases, correct, before the Supreme Court? That's the, yes. So there you go. The winner of three cases before the Supreme Court. There's a silver lining. We still have a system where we can fight back against tyranny. I love it. Stephen Hallbrook, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Sean. You take care. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Hey, do you know about the USA? <laughs> do you know about the government? Can you tell me about the Constitution? Schoolhouse Rock. Nice. Well, all right, now I just, uh, I'm going to take the calls, 312-642-5600, but I want to tell you something. 
Fauci's got the COVID again. And uh, I'm looking right now. Now, this is all their bull dung. All the fascism and the fraud and the division in the country and the vaccine and the rest of it. This is year over year. Last year, at this time, there were 12,263 cases of COVID. This year, 112,658 cases of COVID. With all their nonsense. Last year, the deaths. Last year, 282. This year, the deaths, 382. More illness, more death, more nonsense, more failure. That's what this Democrat fascism brings you. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Clueless. Isn't that right, pickle face? Dr. Fauci says he has COVID again for the second time in two weeks. Even worse, this time his symptoms were far more difficult. Fauci says yeah, he tre- yet here his corrupt ass is at 82 years old, proving that at 99.5% survival rate, we wasted time, money, and nonsense as we bended knee to these corrupt bastards. did his first bout of COVID with the new antiviral medication, Paxlovid. At first, it worked. He tested negative, but then it came back. I reverted back to positive by the antigen test. So it was sort of what... Oh, you'll pull through, you corrupt pickle face. Paclogen. I wonder if that was one of the companies that gave the kickbacks to the National Institute of Health. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Royalties. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016... 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. 1,800 NIH employees get thousands of royalty checks. Squirrel Hand, did you ever get a royalty check? You know what you got to do? You got to get yourself one of these bureaucrat, cushy government jobs. You get to gain about another 70, 80 pounds. Get one of those phony, bloody pensions. Then you could sell the power of government and get kickbacks. And people in, in, in the Democrat mafia, they'll pretend you're an expert. We know that. Not because you told us, but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. And then you don't have to tell anybody. Then they got to force you to get the information. You could be a corrupt, crooked, fat bastard getting all kinds of royalty checks, squirrel. I don't know. You in this radio business. Tom in Blue Island. Sean, great show. Dr. Corsi, Frank from Arlington Heights. Craig from Mount Greenwood, uh-huh. and even a scumbag roofer from Blue Island. You're the tip of the spear, my friend. I love you. Oh, and man. try to avoid Tom from Deer Park as you lead us into battle, buddy. Oh, thank you. He can't stop listening. I love that. Never Trump or scum. Just like the Democrats, they're responsible for why we're in this pickle. Anthony McHenry. Oh, Sean, thank you. And I uh, did all that gentleman ahead of you. Oh, thank you. You know, this, what we're not talking about is the Title 14 uh thing that the Supreme Court did as far as that order saying that Biden can uh, rescind that order. Sean, every time I feel like this country is going in the right direction, I get kicked in the colonies. I, I can't believe it. This is treason, You mean Sean. Title 42? You mean, you're talking about Title 42, 42. yes, sir. Yes, sir. 225,000 people at the border, all claiming to seek asylum. The definition of asylum is, is impending death or unjustified imprisonment. Yeah, and now here's what I want you to focus on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you feel good at all, just a little bit. Now, you and I both know that a vast majority of those are the Sinaloa cartel and fentanyl, criminals and misfits and mayhem. But, 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 Anthony, 
You've got a better chance of getting a percentage of those people that are here for freedoms and liberties that the American Democrat Marxist scumbag is undermining. So I want you to just get a little bit calm. And remember, in that mix of people, there are a tremendous amount of good. Now, granted, the, I think that more than 50% are the Sinaloa cartel. However, Anthony... Who's going to take this country back are the people who have lived under the fascism, the oppression, and the corruption of the socialists in South America and in Eastern Europe. Those are the better Americans than any scumbag that would vote for Joe Biden in this country that's a fourth-generation American who gives away the freedom and the liberty that so many of us appreciate. So take some solace. There are some bad people that are coming over, but there's also you got a better chance of getting a good person there than you do on Oak Park Democrat Mafia Marxist member. The problem is, Sean, we're poisoning these people, too, by coming across the border because we're giving them benefits. We're giving them everything. Yeah, we're trying to buy we them. We have all this unemployment. Okay, we have all these people coming, but yet we still can't put people in jobs. And this moron comes out every day and says, oh, we got all these people working. Yeah. You've got a quarter of a million people crossing the border. Why aren't they going to work? Because they're getting free health care and free places to house. I agree. Get, uh, air, I airport agree. tickets anywhere they want to go. I mean, it's ridiculous, Sean. Anthony, I agree with you. And, you know, as I think back to when we were young and when money could be made and when capitalism reigned, even Democrats used to agree with Anthony and myself. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. What? The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. See? Me, Anthony, you, and the intern molesting Democrat known as Bill the Sidewinder Clinton. I agreed with him on a couple of things, just except for the wife. How do you cozy up to that thing? You can't fit a piece of paper in between her thighs. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Boy, what a good year, though, in, in the economics of the Sinaloa cartel. Good year to be a scumbag. After all, when the Democrats are in charge, it's always a good year to be a scumbag. Didn't you wonder why you were getting checks for doing absolutely nothing? I figured because the Democrats were in power again. Morons. Because the smugglers were able to get past Border Patrol, it fell upon state law enforcement, such as uh, the, the DPS, to be involved in the seizure of fentanyl. So Texas law enforcement has seized enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States of America. And then there's that. Another inconvenient fact of having this diaper-wearing dimwit meandering around the White House embarrassing himself and us in front of foreigners. Dave Libertyville. Hey, has anybody been keeping track, or we probably won't hear of it, but uh, if fentanyl deaths have risen? November of 2021. A hundred thousand kids, hundred thousand people were murdered due to a weak border and the death of fentanyl. That's in November of twenty twenty one. So we're gonna have to wait till this November 
I don't know. Let's do like we do in the weekend in Chicago. I got 50 says it's over there. You want a piece of that action, kid? Oh, no. All right. Just checking with you. All right. See, you got. Let's make a game of the failure because that's what this is. Failure. I don't think it's on accident. I think it's on purpose. What about you, Ron and Carol Stream? Sean, thank you. Sorry. Thank you for being here for us. Uh, I think Tom and Blue Island, not sure if it was him who said, you know, you being the tip of the spear and we're going to be behind you. Thank you. That that disgusting piece of human debris. Hillary Clinton, how do you yeah. cozy up to that? God only knows. The Viagra uh, Slayer. Car- yeah, that's how they test. Okay, so, that's uh, how they test that stuff. They give you a, they give you a bottle of Viagra and a, and a bottle of Chevis, and until you pass and, out, they, go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, but 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 I just want to say, my son passed away from fentanyl poisoning, so I uh, am vested in this this revolt. Uh, we have to do something. We we really have to push back and i i hope what you say is true that we can just break away whatever way possible um the states you know here it's like picking a baseball team you on my side you on your side that's it let's put this up otherwise you want to know what ron i'm, I'm yes yes Sean. i want to you know you, you, there's hundreds of thousands of americans that are in your position that lost their kids and family members why not sue the dnc can you Ooh. sue why not sue the I, DNC? I don't know. Let's let's find out. But two, let, let one last comment, Sean, is I don't want this to be a, a bloody um, result. No, I'm, I'm going. Well, I'm just saying, if it comes to that, in order to get everything you're saying, I don't want it to be that way. But at some point, these people are so crazy. We have no idea what they will do. So right. I, I'm just prepared. I'm just saying I'm prepared. Convention of the states. I want you to go yeah. on their website. Listen to me. I'm Please. telling you, brother, because here's the problem. You know, and Honey Bunny just said this to me. You know, you get more okay. angry when you're here in Illinois, and she's right. But the reality oh. is, Ron, the reality is there are millions of Americans in states where those states and that leadership in those states are working to protect the freedoms of those citizens. If, I understand. You know, that's the thing to focus on, Ron. And now, you know, you got a lot going on. You, you, you already had yeah. one tragedy. I- you know, pick up and get yourself for, out I just have to be here for my mom until, you know, she's not in great health. And, and you know, at some point, very soon, I'm looking into it. Florida is looking like number one. Oh, so Ron. Thank you for everything thank, you do. Thank, thank you. you, Ron, and stay positive. Because what we're going to win in the end, America's going to win in the end. It's not a place. It's an idea. That idea is about individual liberty and a representative republic. We're under the fascism and tyranny of a Democrat mafia right now. But it will end. And we are winning every day, just like we did in the Supreme Court with the EPA. Now we got to push back against the human carnage that they create, like fentanyl deaths. We'll do that in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.